Hello guys, welcome back to the show. I'm Francesco Pavone, your host, and today me and you are going to talk about protein. Yes, how much protein can you really absorb in each meal? Um, it's a question that many people are wondering, um, and uh, you know, it's uh, very, very discussed in the fitness uh, Uh, science-based uh, community. So I really want to give uh, my best. Uh, I really encourage you to listen to the full episode because uh, towards the end of the episode, I share with you my takeaways on protein and the dietary aspect of uh, protein. So uh, I hope you enjoy this episode and uh, long for you. Let's get to it. All right, so how much protein can you really absorb at each meal? And I think this is a very, very interesting question and many people are wondering about it. Although I think that those people are actually wondering like how many of those protein that I eat will be converted into muscle. And I think the confusion comes from, um, you know, absorption versus uh, how many actually of those protein will be converted into muscle. And uh, we know from uh, a research uh, of Anthony Jackson, uh, Anthony D. Jackson and John McLaughlin, um, quote unquote, that virtually all the protein ingested by healthy human beings are absorbed by the body. So absorption is not really the problem. What we want to know is uh, after the body absorbed those protein in the small intestine, um, how many of those will be converted into muscle? And, uh, you know, it's very challenging to give you an answer uh, based on uh, uh, the data, uh, scientific uh, evidence. But I know that uh, that uh, confusion comes from a research um, where the author talk about the muscle full effect. I'm so sorry, I will uh, uh, post the research in the show notes. I just can't remember uh, the author and uh, the year of the publication. Uh, but the muscle full effect, uh, it, uh, um, they, the researcher, they had a look uh, at how the muscle protein synthesis uh, um, responded to different amount of protein in a single meal. And they found that after 20 grams, the muscle protein, in protein uh, synthesis was not increased more. Um, so it reached basically a ceiling and uh, there are a few limitations to that uh, uh, study, but we can say that, uh, you know, the muscle protein synthesis depends on a few things. So, and uh, as well, like, I would say that the protein um, recommendation for you depends on a few factors. So one is your size. So larger individual will need more protein because uh, I don't think it makes any sense uh, to uh, see the recommendation uh, of uh, governments uh, that, uh, you know, they, to maintain health, a minimum requirement of 0.8 to 1 gram of protein per day per kilo of body weight is necessary. Uh, I don't think it's... Uh, good to say that, so to give recommendation based on body weight, um, so on grams per kilo of body weight. And then when it comes to having a look at protein per muscle growth and muscle protein synthesis, we give like fixed amount, so 20 grams. But 20 grams, if you're a woman of 50 kilos and a man of 120 kilos, 
Um, so th those would be two totally different scenarios. So it seems to me a better idea to give uh, and have a look at the research that will test or have tested the subject with an amount of protein with a dosage uh, based on their body weight. So if we have a look, uh, there are a few studies that had a look at indirect. Uh, so uh, at the topic from another perspective. So this uh, is a way to test simply your muscle protein synthesis. So what is the muscle protein synthesis? Well, and how is it different from uh, you know, the actual uh, protein that you should uh, eat. You know, muscle protein synthesis uh, is just the process through which the body builds new protein. So if we take a look, I don't know, at a wall, imagine you're trying to build a wall and every brick wall is a protein. So every day our body put down new brick walls. Every day the wall grows and uh, at some point you spot that now, the base of the wall, there is uh, one brick wall, brick wall that is all ruined um, and it needs to be changed because nobody would keep building the wall with the damage at the bottom of the wall, at the base of the wall. So the process through which our body repair those brick walls is called muscle protein breakdown. And every day, those two processes happen continuously. So every day, our body put down new brick walls and repair the old damaged brick walls. So this process is called muscle protein turnover. And the difference between uh, the muscle protein synthesis and the muscle protein breakdown gives you the muscle protein uh, turnover. And uh, uh, the difference between the two exactly is called net protein balance. So the, to build a successfully muscle, you need to have a look at how's your net protein balance over time and uh, a way to look at it. So you might think, okay, can we not just slow down uh, the muscle protein breakdown? Well, research on rats shows, and I found this personally very interesting because I might think, okay, I'm going to suppress, I'm going to reduce the number of uh, brick walls that I remove from my wall. So I'm just going to keep the, keep growing. Um, well, I would expect at least uh, to see like a bigger individual, but like, you remember the Belgian blue? I'm not sure if you if you ever heard about about that, but the Belgian blue is basically I think it's a cow, um, but yeah, is um it has a natural mutation in the myostatin gene which codes for the protein. So basically, when uh, is a protein my, myostatin that inhibits muscle development. So when you don't have that protein or you have a mutation in that uh, protein. Uh, you end up being huge. So the Belgian blue is a breed of cow that is huge. It's just like some, uh, uh, yeah, some, some of those cows are uh, like massive. Um, but actually you see the opposite. So when you suppress genetically muscle protein breakdown in rats, uh, you get a decrease in muscle size. Um, so it seems we need the both processes every day to make sure that we have our balance. We are pretty, pretty cool humans, um, animals. So our body is just like so equipped with all the necessary um, reactions that you need to be healthy and to survive in this planet. So we are a little bit crazy that we want to increase our muscle uh, so that we can uh, look better, feel better, perform better. And uh, you know, when, when it comes to, you know, then 
muscle protein synthesis, can we influence that? Well, we can influence, influence that indeed. And uh, in this uh, podcast, we are going to focus on the dietary aspect of the protein. But just keep in mind that uh, it's just not about increasing muscle protein synthesis as much as you can. Um, you also want to you know, make sure that you absorb and process those protein and uh, that also there are other things that influence muscle protein synthesis uh, that are non-dietary factor. So keep in mind that uh, you know, a resistance training uh, and uh, in particular mechanical tension influence uh, uh, the response of muscle protein synthesis a lot. Um, how hard you train a certain muscle will impact the muscle protein response in that muscle. So, uh, for example, when you train with uh, a certain amount of volume, you'll get a certain muscle protein synthesis response. Um, but when you train with heavier volume, with higher amount of volume, you get a better muscle protein response. At some points, you hit the ceiling, so don't think that the more, the better. Actually, I think that for most people, that's a wrong recommendation. And I think for most people, it should be the harder and the smarter, the better, uh, but not necessarily more. Um, in fact, many people have a problem with their technique or um, the intensity. They use a way too heavy or way too lightweight. So I'd say train better um, in a smarter way, more strategic, um, but harder. And, or just uh, training a muscle group uh, once versus three times a week uh, um, has a better response in the three times a week uh, uh, group. Training aids impact your muscle protein response over time. So and your age in particular. So when you are older, you actually need more protein and more training to get the same effect. Um, and uh, no, longer rest time improve your muscle protein synthesis, um, which very likely it's uh, correlated with the fact that when you rest more, you get better quality at each set, although the session takes longer as well. So there are other factors that influence like your uh, muscle protein synthesis response uh, but let's look uh, at the nutrition and uh, you know there are i would say that improving your nutrition like there are other things uh, apart from muscle protein synthesis uh, um, that are re relevant for us uh, and where you know that indirect influences influence uh, the amount of our training and uh, you know our we saw how much is important to train and uh, how much better we will be able to convert uh, the protein that we eat into more muscle when we train. And uh, there are other aspects of nutrition uh, that can impact, uh, you know, our training. So um, other than muscle protein synthesis. So for example, muscle regeneration, when we improve our nutrition, we can uh, regenerate the muscle that we break during uh, a workout. We are going to be able to resynthesize uh, the glycogen store, which is basically how our body store carbohydrates um, in the muscle and in the liver. We're going to reduce our fatigue. We're going to improve our immune health. And all these things lead to better recovery, um, which uh, uh, in turn uh, improve, uh, um, the, uh, reduce our risk of injury and improve uh, the amount of training uh, that we can then tolerate. So more training volume is linked with the um, more muscle and a better muscle protein synthetic response. So you can see that uh, uh, it makes it very appealing for us uh, uh, to improve our nutrition through uh, protein and other things. Uh, although we are going to focus on protein in this episode, but uh, 
um, it's a loop. So better nutrition leads to better training, better training leads to better muscle, um, and better nutrition leads as well to better recovery, therefore better training. So the two things are strictly correlated. So if you're looking at listening to this uh, podcast, I highly recommend that you introduce, uh, even if it's for two days or three days a week, a resistance training program. And if you're not sure which uh, program it's better for you uh, at this stage of your career, and you've been training for a while, you haven't really found what uh, uh, is the best strategy, training and nutrition strategy for you, um, feel free to contact me on Facebook uh, and uh, Instagram. Uh, I'm very active on both. Uh, and uh, I am uh, just for this week offering a free consultation to all the listeners of this podcast. So um, we are opening up uh, the doors to the Thai T-shirt transformation. So if you need the help, just drop me a message. You find me at PT Pavons on Instagram. There's also the link on the show notes and Francesco Pavone uh, on Facebook. But in regards to the um, protein absorption, we have many studies that shows that, uh, you know, for every single meal, we go back to the 20 grams. So we look at the research. For every single meal, there are many research that shows that uh, there is a ceiling to after the 20, grams of protein uh, eaten by, by the subject. And uh, that's all right. But I think that doesn't give the full picture because we said that uh, there are many factors that impact uh, um, how many protein you should eat. So how your size, so how big you are and how much, you, how heavy you are. And I would say as well, how fat you have, um, how, hard uh, every muscle is trained uh, every week and how often um, and your age. So these three factors are very important uh, and uh, very largely are not mentioned in any research um, that uh, state that 20 grams of protein uh, is uh, more than enough uh, and uh, shouldn't be exceeded in a meal. So there are other studies, um, for example, the Longhound study, I'll put that uh, uh, in the in the show in the show notes too, um, but it shows it's very clear how when lean untrained subject uh, they go on a calorie deficit and they eat protein one group in 1.2 grams of protein per kilo body weight and the other one 2.4 grams of protein per kilo body weight. It's very clear how the people who eat more protein are able to not only uh, lose fat, lose weight. Same the two groups lose the same amount of weight. But the people who ate more protein were able to retain and build a little bit of muscle and lose way more fat. So this study is the perfect example of uh, how people can perfectly tolerate larger doses of protein at each meal. And uh, the idea that the maximum absorption dose is, uh, um, is a myth. It's not true. Because think about it, like those subjects who ate 2.4 grams of protein per kilo body weight, uh, um, they lost more fat, but how many meals uh, did they eat? Well, if they ate a normal diet, so if you divide them uh, um, the meal in, uh, in, in, in the number of meals that they had, so if you divide the, number, the amount of protein in the number of meals that they had, you realize that they had uh, between 0 0.25 and 0 0.5 of protein 
per kilo of body weight at every meal. And that's what uh, you should focus on. So, um, you know, it's still good to eat uh, 20 to 40 grams of protein per meal. And it's probably a good idea to um, have three to five uh, meals per day. Why do I say three to five? Well, there are other research that had a look uh, at uh, what what is best. Should you have uh, eight meals with 10 grams of protein or uh, one meal with 80 grams of protein? And uh, which one is best? Well, it seems that between three to five meals a day, you get the best uh, muscle protein synthetic uh, response. And that's what uh, most people should focus on. Now, what should you um, do if you are doing intermittent fasting? Well, if you're doing intermittent fasting, there is uh, another study that I recall that had a look at different subjects. And one was doing a eating 101 grams of protein um, in a four-hour window, and the other one was eating more a conventional style uh, uh, pattern of eating, and they had no difference uh, in muscle growth. So you, we can clearly say that, uh, you know, there are some, uh, we need to create a hierarchy of importance. So I put together like, some key takeaways for you. Um, I know that you've been here for a while. This is episode 41. Um, She's still a a young kind of podcast, um, but I want you to start building some foundation uh, for your training and your approach to your nutrition. Um, So let's uh, have some clarity. Let's uh, keep things very, very simple. Um, To build muscle, we need to eat protein. Okay, and the amount of protein that we eat is very, very important. Now, when trying to um, build muscle, eating more protein and training with resistance training, uh, it's your best shot. So those two, eating more protein and training with resistance training, it's actually what uh, most people should focus on. Um, We can, you know, then add in that uh, to improve your training, uh, it's essential to improve your recovery. So you should train in a better way, but also recover in a better way or just a bit more and better than now uh, so that you can tolerate more work, um, increase uh, your strength uh, and keep building muscle. Uh, So there are many important reasons to increase your protein intake other than just increasing muscle protein synthesis. We saw some and uh, we know also that the amount is the most important thing at the end of the period of time. So uh, don't just take uh, two weeks, uh, increase, like slam down the protein as much as you can and expect like a huge growth because your growth uh, will be still determined by other factors uh, such as your experience, uh, your genetics, how hard you train, how well you train uh, and uh, yeah, your training experience as well. So for instance, if you've been trying to build muscle for the last four years and you've been doing that, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't expect you to gain uh, 20 kilos of muscle in two weeks, right? So that's important to um, make clear. But during a calorie deficit, this this, uh, intake goes up to 2 slash 2.2 grams per kilo of body weight. Uh, Any evidence with more than that, uh, it's uh, um, not uh, so clear, so heavy. I would also add in uh, that I did the researches and I created an article on muscle protein, how much protein you need to build muscle, which I'll put in the show notes so you guys can go and check it out. Uh, by the way, you can comment uh, and let me know what you think. 
Um, but during a calorie deficit, uh, um, your intake goes up. And uh, if you are wondering, okay, but Francesco, I've been eating 2.7 grams or 2.8 grams. Uh, or what happens if I eat three grams? I love meat. Like I'm in one of those places where they just serve meat uh, and I've been doing meat so well um, that I am considering of going three grams for a period of time. Well, uh, they did the research on uh, intake uh, with up to four grams uh, of protein per kilo of body weight. I can't just picture someone eating as like so many protein because I personally feel uh, with 1.6 grams of protein, I can do it. Uh, I mean, I'm 100 kilos, nearly 100 kilos. I'm just cheating. It's 92 kilos. But yeah, for some reason, I got stuck when I was 99 before the lockdown. Uh, give me back my gains. Uh, yeah, 92 kilos. Uh, um, so they did research with four grams. I should eat basically like nearly 400 grams of protein, which is like it equals with you eating to you eating all the time protein and to me it's just not sustainable with the, my lifestyle i want to be um i want to sit down to focus for uh, and not be interrupted by i i how i have to eat now um so that's just not sustainable for me uh, but you know they did the research and some of them are up to two years long and they found that eating those crazy amount um doesn't necessarily turn you into a superhuman, which would be cool, um, but it actually also doesn't give you any bad health effect. So that's cool. Um, you know, we, we'd probably be safer at the two or like 2.5 or 3 grams of protein per kilo body weight. I know many bodybuilders slam down proteins, um, you know, hoping, hoping to get that extra gain. You know, it's kind of... Uh, Okay, well, it's not so clear, but it also like it's not so dangerous. So if you feel like uh, you do well with 2.2 grams of protein per kilo body weight and you do it as well in a bulk phase or like as you try to build muscle, I see any, I don't see any side effect in doing that. You'll probably feel full a lot. Um, but yeah, that's why people who are already very lean and are genetically not uh, so responsive to muscle growth, to protein and to training, they can take their shot and aim for the higher amount. That would be probably a good idea. So uh, also we learned that uh, spreading your protein intake over three to five meals a day, um, which will uh, end up uh, with you eating 0.2 to 0.5 grams of protein per kilo of body weight per meal, or 20 to 40 grams a meal. If you don't want to get stuck in the cal calculation, um, it's probably a good idea. Larger individual need more, older individual need more, and the people on a calorie deficit who try to lose fat and retain muscle need more. So you can aim for the upper end until you arrive at the 1.6 or 2.2 grams of protein per kilo body weight. Um, some protein have a better amino acid profile. So I would say that this is like, if when you think about the, the brick wall, some brick wall are just more solid and resistant to like the weather uh, than other brick walls. And those proteins are the protein that have the full spectrum of amino acid. Amino acids are the building blocks of protein and uh, not all the protein are made the same. Some food sources have all the protein, all the amino acid that you need to build muscle. One of them, very important, is leucine. Um, make sure that your protein powder have at least 2.7 grams of leucine per 25 grams 
um, if it's not listed, red flag. If all the other amino acids are not listed, red flag. Um, if you're vegan, mix different sources or supplement with a protein drink. Um, if it's, uh, you know, if it's uh, not possible to get your protein from whole food, which is something that I always recommend to my clients, um, make sure that you supplement with a protein powder. Protein powder are totally safe. And I will uh, put in the description of the podcast as well a video that I did on YouTube on how to find the best protein powder. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just like so convenient for many people who are busy and I work with many busy people um, who otherwise would struggle to get uh, the protein from whole sources. Uh, it's also clear from the evidence uh, um, that uh, having a portion of protein before bed, um, it's uh, slightly superior for muscle uh, protein synthesis response. So. I think this is still secondary to the total amount of protein that you eat in a, a period of time and uh, to the protein quality that you eat. Uh, but I think it might be beneficial uh, uh, for some people, especially for the people um, who do some sort of intermittent fasting, having that, that last uh, 30 to 40 grams of protein before bed uh, um, might help them in uh, their workout, especially if they work out uh, early in the morning the following day. Um, so that's about it with protein. We uh, touch on many things and uh, I just want to drop uh, you, um, you know, I, I, I just want to want you to know that this week we are hiring new people who want to transform their body and uh, get coaching, get support and get the support as well of a, a community of like-minded people like you. Um, who are busy, they have a life, they're not professional bodybuilder, but they still want to get uh, their result uh, and they want to feel basically more comfortable in their body. And uh, we have uh, our, and I'm so pumped about it, it's, uh, it's crazy, uh, because we just started uh, with the Ultimate Lean Muscle Challenge in March uh, last year, uh, although I've been doing online coaching uh, way before that. Um, but um, I started it uh, out in 2018. I said it uh, in uh, previous episodes, uh, but um, it's, uh, it's been a crazy journey. And uh, I was so happy to interview all the coaches. And thank you so much to all the people who sent their CV and the application to our email. Uh, but we were just uh, so not sure who to hire. I was looking for one coach and I ended up... Uh, ended up uh, hiring three and uh, their name are Michele. Michele from London, uh, so Andre from Leeds and Benjamin from Vienna. And they're all amazing. They are just uh, in the process of finishing their training in uh, FP coaching so that they'll be uh, well uh, uh, educated on the system, but then they are ready to keep start working and taking on clients themselves. So if you're thinking about uh, losing five kilos and uh, feeling great in your own body with and without a t-shirt, this might be the perfect solution for you because um, the Thai t-shirt transformation is a remote program that you can do from anywhere in the world. And we are hiring just this week. So we are looking for five people who want to um, transform their body, lose five kilos and have more defined muscles so they can look great with and without a t-shirt. So if this is you, just message me on 
uh, Instagram or Facebook, uh, make sure that you let me know that you are a listener of the podcast uh, and uh, I'll be very happy to keep uh, a little discount for you. But for today is everything from Francesco Pavone, your coach. Ciao, ciao.